Well, good morning, everybody. It is Amanda with KSLM Radio, and I am here with Baron, and we are going to start a new show with Kicking Cancer Cares. And I'm excited about that. I am too. So welcome, everybody. Um, I've seen you out in the community a lot. Yeah, uh, um, if you've missed me, you're not looking. <laughs> I love all your bright shirts. Yeah, they are kind of bright. They are. So tell me how you got Kicking Cancer started. That is a very interesting story. Okay. <laughs> um, so I need to take you all the way back to November of 2015. My, my sister lives in, lives in Arizona. Uh, we, we grew up together in Oregon. She raised her kids in Springfield, Eugene area, and I raised mine in the Salem area. And then she, her and her husband moved to Arizona. In late 2015, he's a venture capitalist. So he was raising money for a gentleman who had a thermography machine. Okay. Okay. So most people have no idea what that is. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't. <laughs> Cancer cells are hotter than other cells. So the theory of the machine is that you sit down and it does a scan of your body and it can detect the hotter cells. Oh, okay. okay. That's super intriguing. Very intriguing. Totally non-invasive. Um, but the guy needed some money to get this thing off the ground for his for his clinic. So my sister's husband is doing all the research on cancer for that machine that he's going to do some venture capital work on. At the same time, my sister is reading or watching this documentary called The Truth About Cancer. Okay. Which anyone can go to YouTube and look that up. It's a very intriguing documentary. She just thought, you know what? This looks intriguing, and maybe someone in my life might need this information. Okay. okay? How crazy. <laughs> how, how fortuitous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they head off to Los Angeles so he can do some, get some money for this gentleman. And they're in front of a crowd of people, and my sister's there with them. And, and she goes, let me show you people how non-invasive, easy this machine is. So she sits down in the machine, and they do the little scan. And there in front of the crowd, in the chair, the doctor looks at her and goes, did you know you have cancer? Ugh. Just not even think. She's just sitting down, just thinking she's doing a demonstration. And She had no idea. Jeez. No idea. That's so that got to be the worst way to find out. Yeah. Especially in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you joking? Right. Or? Right. So that was November of 2015. Okay. So early 2016, she goes in there starting to look at different ways to treat this. What she had was a very slow-growing but very aggressive form of breast cancer. Um, so what that really meant was that it was not receptive to chemotherapy. Oh, no. So for those that don't understand, um, chemo means chemical. So it's chemical therapy. It cannot distinguish between good cells and bad cells. So it goes in and kills cells. All of them. They're, they, th there's a reason why you lose your hair first and you, your sense of taste because those cells are closer to the surface. Those cells die quickest. Okay. So that's why most women lose their hair during chemotherapy. One of the first things that happens. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. And that's why most people that are going through chemotherapy have no sense of taste. is because those cells are close to the surface, right? Right. But because it was a slow growing, it would have killed all the good cells, leaving no cells to fight the cancer when it decided to wake up. So with that knowledge, they began doing some research. Right. There was a, a gentleman at OSU in the early 60s. His name was Linus Paulin. And he theorized back then that high doses of liquid vitamin C would kill cancer. Okay. He was considered a whack job back in the <laughs> 60s. <laughs> and he actually left Corvallis and went to Berkeley. Okay. Probably a little more conducive to this whack job theory, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he began doing testing, and he proved, he proved that liquid vitamin C would kill cancer. Okay. 
Now, if you go to Corvallis now, there is actually an entire building called the Linus Pollen Institute. Oh, wow. That's cool. And they're doing research there to prove that food is medicine. Um, I've actually met the director down there. Her name is Emily Ho. But knowing that, Brenda began taking injections of liquid vitamin C. Okay. And that's how they killed the breast cancer cells. It completely killed it? Yes. Just vitamin C, injections of vitamin C. Liquid vitamin C. Wow. The problem was, and for those who don't know what the term metastatic means, all the, any cancer can go metastatic. It's, it starts someplace and it leaves and, and goes other places in your body. Okay. So metastatic just means it left its place of origin and moved. Okay. Um, because where the breasts are at, right across that arm area, you have lymph nodes. And so they checked the lymph nodes in their upper arm. And they removed 10 lymph nodes. They kept checking the lymph nodes. And about the fourth or fifth one, there was cancer in the lymph node, which means now the cancer's in her lymphatic system. It's moved. So, oh. so she has metastatic breast cancer. Okay. Uh, so she said, I'm cancer-free. Technically, no. It's not in her breast anymore. Now it's floating through her body. Okay. So she has a little spot on her hip, a little spot in her lungs, um, but she's keeping that cancer at bay. Okay. Okay. So that kind of takes you through most of 2016. Okay. Um, every cancer has these marker numbers um, with prostate cancer. They call it your PSA numbers. Um, with the type of cancer she had, 21 is kind of that magic number. So anything higher than 21 is bad. So she was up to 29, uh, way above the marker number. Yeah. Right? So by September of 2016, it had come down to 17.3. Oh, Wow. With the liquid vitamin C. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's so, amazing. So there's a picture, I think I actually showed you this picture earlier, of her. She's kind of doing the happy dance. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. the markers have come down. So the breast cancer was under control. So, and this might be a silly question, um, did she feel better at that point? Did the cancer oh, yeah. um, cause any pain, like when it was in her uh, in her sh- uh, armpit area and the lymph nodes? Um, most of the pain is so they did do um, they did do some surgery to cut the cancer out. So they did cut through muscle tissue, and for the first part of 2016, she's not feeling great. Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, but she's definitely feeling a lot better by the end of 2016. So she starts seeing actual improvements, feeling right. okay. Right. But then part two of her story began in 2017. Okay. So about May of 2017, she goes in to get tested to make sure things fine, and they say you have a condition called trigeminal neuralgia. Oh. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> Earlier, you were trying to even read that word. It was, took me a long time to say that word. <laughs> it's an impressive word to say. I'll give it to you. Um, there's a set of nerves along the side of your face, and there's three of them. That's a tri. And it's a geminal nerve, so it's a trigeminal. It controls your your jaw, so speaking, your tongue, that whole region of your face. Okay. Um, neurology just means neuropathy or pain. Okay. Um, most nerves are like wires. They're supposed to have sheaths around them, mm-hmm. and and for whatever reason, that nerve has lost its sheath. Okay. So the nerve is continuously exposed. Mess is painful. <laughs> I could only imagine. Yeah. Um, and it's called idiopathic, which just means she has no idea when the pain's going to hit or how long it's going to last. Oh, gosh. So for the first part of 2017, they're just trying to figure out whether treating, how do you treat this trigeminal neurology in conjunction with your cancer? Mm. Are the medications going to conflict? I mean, there's a lot right. of questions yeah. to walk through, right? So that's part two 
Holy smokes. Of her story. By the end of 2017, she was actually feeling a lot better. Most of it was under control. And she decided to come back to Oregon for a visit, Christmas time. So she came and visited me at Christmas 2017. We had a great visit. Uh, and she flew home. And then the other part of the story begins of early 2018. So I had heard about this thing in Canby called the Warrior Dash. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a three-mile trail run. They put 12 obstacles along the trail. Um, some of them involve climbing over a wall or going through some muddy stuff. Okay, yeah. I've, right? I've seen pictures of people doing those things. Right, right. And so I called her. I said, hey, this looks kind of fun. I mean, at the time, um, I was 55 and she was 51, so we were like the youngest kids out there. But it, I said, this is good. Do you want to go do this? She said, sure. So the timeline's interesting. I, I contacted her on the 4th of January. Okay. And four days later, on the 8th, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was telling him what we are going to do. And I said, you know, the only challenge is we should only plan on flying back up here, and cancer kind of sucks your money. Yeah. So he wrote me a check for 200 bucks. Oh, to pay for a plane ticket. That's really cool. Yeah. So I thought, well, as a way to thank him, we would design a shirt. And it's, it's changed a lot, but the original shirt on the back of it had a donkey and it said, kicking cancer in the, <laughs> with the donkey. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? And then it just had his logo on there because he donated $200. Right. Right? Uh, but then I went to work. I was at Costco at the time. I went to work as I was clocking into work. My coworker was like, what'd you do this last weekend? So I told him. He goes, can I join you? I have to say, it's really cool that you, your sister's going through a hard time and you wanted to just show her a good time. And I think that's really cool and, and really I, big of you. It was, it, it was sounding like fun too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the selfish side, it sounded like fun too. Right. Well, I mean, just for you guys to just go out, for you to plan something like that. Um, you don't see siblings have that close bond, especially when there's sickness involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I'm, a, I'm at Costco on these. So all of a sudden I had like three people. Because me and Brenda and my, my friend, mm-hmm. well, by the 15th, which is one week later, um, we had formed a GoFundMe team, and we had 20 people that wanted to join us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it just grew that fast. It, it grew that fast. People were like, well, that sounds like fun. That sounds like fun. I'm like, no one knew who Brenda was. They just knew I was excited to do something. Right, right. Right? So by the, by the 29th, which is three weeks later, we were up to 42 people. Wow. And by the 5th, which is one month later, we were at 54 people. You had a habit of doubling your numbers very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) The interesting thing that happened at that point was um, KGW TV station actually caught wind of what we were doing. Okay. And I got a phone call from Tracy Berry. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's cool. That's what I said. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Um, Because anyone who, I mean, she's on an air, she's retired, but she was at the end of a 30-year career. Right. And I remember asking her on the phone, like, like, why are you doing this interview? I mean, you could sit in the anchor room at 6 o'clock at night and just be the anchor. Why are you actually coming to Salem and, and doing this? And she said, what hurts you're doing? She says, I've been doing this for 30 years. I could tell a cancer story any day of the week. This isn't about cancer. This is about a brother and a sister. Oh. And, and you saw that she, she made it about the two of us. Doing she it did. She did. The and, bond. Yeah. So that was, uh, she came down the 23rd of February. At that point, we had 70 people that had verbally committed to join us. Wow. And after we aired it, uh, I knew there was some production time involved. People were like, you know, we really don't want to go muddy, but we want to support what you're doing. So I said, well, if you want to buy a shirt, 
because we had 70 shirts. Right. If you want to buy a shirt and just be there in spirit, then join the team. Yeah. So my goal was 100 people when the when the interview aired on, on the on the TV. We were at 106 when I interviewed. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, and that's what's really even, cool. What's even more cool when it aired is we had um, we had a shirt in 20 states. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, seeing your shirt everywhere, all across the United States. Yeah, we had that's cool. we had seven shirts in New York and two in Ohio and one in Texas and one in Hawaii and you know again just people that knew what we we're doing and said, well, you know, I can't be there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do it, but I'll right. support. And so we just started selling shirts. And I remember looking at my sister going, how did I get in the t-shirt business? <laughs> how did this evolve to this? <laughs> how did I get in the t-shirt business? You that's know? funny. Yeah. But that's that's kind of how it all evolved. Okay. That's really cool. I love it. It's how it started with just you and your sister. And yeah. it grew. Yeah. That's really awesome. You guys have touched a lot of people. And what's interesting is when she flew up in May, again, no one knew who she was. Mm-hmm. In fact, I showed you this book that I created because I wanted my friends to know I'm not just making this person up. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right. Like, here's some pictures of her and what she's going through and what's happening. Um, and so May rolls around. And I still remember that morning was was just so fun. We headed out to Canby to where we we're going to have it at. And people started showing up and they're all wearing their bright pink shirts. And it just went 42 people. And we all had that exact same we called it Pepto Pink, but it's a bright pink shirt. Uh, and the very last obstacle, um, so again, it's a three-mile trail run. It kind of runs around this particular area that you're doing it at. Um, and the second to last obstacle is a 30, no, it's a 60. It's a 60-foot wall that oh they create. Oh, my gosh. Right? So you climb to the top of it, and they've got this big slide that comes down the back of it. Um, and they've got uh, a torch that has fire so they call it the elements because you go into water, pit, oh, yeah. and then you climb up with the air and you slide down through the fire into mud. Okay, yep. <laughs> so all the elements yep. are involved in that obstacle. Okay, right? that's cool. But when you hit the bottom, then you have about a 30-foot trench of mud to swim through. <laughs> <laughs> and we come climbing out like the little chocolate people. <laughs> and I'll, I'll bring you a picture of us afterwards. I showed you the before I picture. really want to see an after picture. Yeah, was yeah. it so fun? It was a blast. I bet. It was a blast. And, uh, and you know, you get all, it was actually hard to get out because there's <laughs> nothing to grip, right? Um, but everyone was just laughing and having a great time, you know, and, and, just to see the look on Brenda's face to realize all the people that she didn't know, she'd never met in her life, that were there to support her. Cheering her on. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And she lives in Arizona? So at the time, she was living in Mace, Arizona. Okay. She's now moved down to Yuma. Okay. Uh, in fact, one of the, uh, some months back, Terry Soul and I were talking to her on the radio, and, and she called in from Arizona. It was 120. And oh, my gosh. That's what <laughs> Terry's like, why would you live there? It's 120 degrees. Hey, good vitamin D, though. Yes. Good natural vitamin D. And that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. So people get scared of the sun. The sun is your best source of natural vitamin D, but you want to get it. There's there's UVA rays and UVB rays. Okay. Okay. One's good. One's bad. The bad ones can give you skin cancer. But if your shadow is shorter than your body, that's the good rays. That's the easiest way to remember. Okay, if your shadow is shorter than your body. Right. So if you go out in the middle of the day, you know, in the summertime, and when the clouds are out, not a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, in the summertime, you walk outside, you're like, I'm, I'm going to get skin cancer. Just look and see. Is your shadow short? Then you're getting those good ultraviolet rays. Okay. If it's late in the afternoon and your shadow is really long, you're getting the bad ultraviolet rays. So put long sleeve shirt on, skin, skin screen, sunscreen, a hat, whatever. But if it's the middle of the day, that's a good time to be short sleeve. If you feel okay. comfortable with it, no shirt, whatever. But that's when you're going to get the good. And because you're right, the sun is the best source of vitamin D. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if that's why she lived there. No, that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just her. It's a perk. It's a perk. It's definitely a perk. So. Okay. Yeah. So you were showing me in the book, um, there was a picture of all of these medications. I mean, not medications. They were vitamins. Vitamins. And yeah. that's what helped her, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, part of Brenda's story is when the cancer went metastatic, it's in a lymphatic system. Okay. And the easiest way I can describe people is your lymphatic system is kind of like the oil in your car. So if you have an old car and you park it in your driveway and it doesn't move, then the oil gets sluggish mm-hmm. and doesn't run real well. Same with your body. If you just walked a little bit every day, I mean, even at the station and you walked to Safeway and back, right? It's a few blocks, but that movement keeps your lymphatic system moving. Okay. It also keeps the cancer moving. Okay. In her body. So she started exercising every single day. Huge. Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah. And, so, and it's just a few minutes a day, or is it the more you do, the better? At this point, I would tell anybody, just get started. Just get started. Just get started. Now, yeah. ideally, if you can do 30 minutes a day, great. Do 30 minutes a day. Right. But if you're 100 pounds overweight, then just walk to the block, down to the next driveway, and walk back. Just yeah. get started. Okay. But anything's going to be other than sitting. And for a long time, they would tell cancer patients... You should sit and rest. That's actually really bad advice. Okay. <laughs> you need to get up and do something. Move. Whatever you feel comfortable doing. I like that. The keep your oil moving. Yeah. Keep, just keep things going. That's the easiest way I can describe to people. So because her cancer went metastatic, that's how she keeps the cancer moving. If she's not, then there's a chance it can stop and grow someplace else. Okay. Right? The other thing she discovered is that, vi- that real food has phytonutrients. And they all have different ones. The, the biggest one for her is broccoli. So broccoli has a chemical called sulforaphane. Yes, it took me a long time to say that word too. <laughs> Don't ask me to repeat it then. <laughs> but um, all cancers hate sulforaphane. So broccoli is a really good source of sulforaphane. Okay. Broccoli sprouts have 50 times the amount of sulforaphane as the florets. Oh, wow. So what she does is she actually grows her own broccoli sprouts and then, like, if you're going to make a sandwich, you put lettuce on it. Instead of lettuce, put broccoli sprouts. Oh, duh. Really simple, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another one I tell people is really easy is tomatoes have lycopene. And prostate cancer specifically hates lycopene. So if you have a tomato and broccoli sprout salad. Right. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she eats a lot of vegetables. Lots then. of vegetables. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the picture you saw is, there was two of them there. One was like what she's eating, the salads. Mm-hmm. But she she needed to get all those phytonutrients into her system immediately. Absolutely. So she takes a lot of supplements, not as many as she used to. And what you saw, at one handful, is literally that was just one dose. Right. Um, part of why I wanted to help her financially was interest doesn't pay for supplements. Right. Insurance pays for pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. but pharmaceuticals was not the solution for her. Right. So as we began to move this into an idea that would actually help people, it was just simple. Eat real food and do some movement. Okay. 
Yeah, I saw that she's got her own chickens. Then she eats the eggs and stuff. That's so awesome. Yeah. She, um, you showed me a few videos, and she looks like she's full of life and happy and healthy. Oh, yeah. And just full of positivity. I love it. Yeah. I went I went back there earlier in the month, earlier in March, um, just for a visit. And she's just, she's loving life, you know? Um she just, I think when you, I think when you get that diagnosis, when you realize that, oh my gosh, the end is actually in sight mm-hmm. and there's a way not to reach the end, then she loves life more. Yeah. How could you not? You know what I mean? You have a pre- whole new appreciation and value for it. Whole new appreciation. Yeah. And the hardest thing for her, especially going back to the trigeminal neuralgia, is that's a secondary problem for her. You know, besides the cancer, I asked her one time, I said, Describe to me the pain levels, right? So it's a, it's a nerve pain that she gets, and she can't predict how, how long it's going to last or how intense it's going to be. So I said, you got to put this in perspective for me, sis. On a scale of 1 to 10, she said, well, 1 is like um, a, a fly buzzer on your head, just annoying, right? Okay. A 10 is like you're being mauled by a bear. Jeez. I said, okay, so what's the worst <laughs> you've ever experienced? She's at a 13. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And how often does she feel that pain? Sometimes it lasts 10 minutes. She had one that lasted six hours. Is it daily or? No. It, and It, it could yeah. just be Real, once r- a month. Random. Five times a week. Yeah. Random. And so the, the, the <clears throat> term is called idiopathic, which just means that they can't predict when it's going to happen, how long it's going to last, um, when, it's, when it's that intense. She just finds a show to watch on TV and just kind of focuses on whatever, not the pain. Right, right. right. Um, the really crazy thing is that inside of the medical community, they don't have a solution for this yet. Right. They, they don't have a cure. They don't have a pill or cream or anything. And so it's actually dubbed the suicide disease. Oh, gosh. And um, she actually knows a few friends who just couldn't take the pain anymore and commit suicide. <sighs> And I remember her telling me that there was one time that they had gone to the hospital. They were trying to do something for it. She looked at her husband and says, I am not at that point, but I understand why someone would want to commit suicide. Oh, geez. So add the, add the cancer yeah, to that. T- yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so when she— And go- still be a ray of sunshine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when she came to the Warrior Dash, I just think that, you know, her, she has a great spirit— um, I used to joke with people all the time. I said, when you meet my sister, she is the queen of kindness. I am just the king of jibber-jabber. <laughs> <laughs> so we make a good duo. It made a good duo, <laughs> yeah. But but we had a great time there. And what I didn't realize was how that was actually going to lead to a whole lot more. Oh, yeah? Which is probably a whole nother episode of our show. Oh. Yeah. Are, are we going to do more episodes? I think we have a lot of stories to tell. Oh, I can't wait. So, in fact, I love the title that your station's come with, that we just wanted to share people's stories. Yeah. You know, Brenda said every story inspired her as she went through that fight. So, this is Kicking Cancer Cares. And a lot of, she inspired a lot of people. She touched a lot of people. And that's what got you guys going. So, it that's did. really cool and exciting. It did. So, I mean, I think at this point, um, we're excited to share some of those stories. Uh, it's, been, it's been a four-year journey. And I, I know I've met some pretty amazing people throughout the Salem area. 
Uh, and every time I sit down with someone, they're like, what does that mean that you're, and I said, it means you give me permission to tell your story. Yeah. Well, they've all said yes. And we put them on our website. We've been on our newsletters. And now thanks to Amanda and KSLM, we're going to tell them on the radio stations too. So. And we'll be here every Saturday at 9 a.m. Yep. And so for those that are willing to tune in next week as the movement continues. As the movement continues. So what does that mean? So what I had no idea was going to happen was that she was going to fly back to Arizona and I was going to call her and tell her, do you know how many of my friends at Costco you've inspired? (laughs) Do you have any idea how many had to lose some weight to do this? (laughs) How many had to exercise to do this? Yeah. You've inspired some people, sis. Why don't we start something? Why don't we form a little nonprofit to share what you're doing to stay alive. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the next phase, and the movie continued. All right. <laughs>